Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Fuck? Where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage, people don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. How are we doing, Pastor Joel? Very well, thank you. How are you? Great. So looking forward to today's topic. It seems like we ought to have covered this sooner. Yeah. Because today we're talking about J-E-S-U-S. Yes, the King, Jesus. Jesus. What is the background of the topic of Jesus, Pastor Joel? Yeah, well, he's the son of God. What? Yeah. (laughs) The physical embodiment of right and just. Here's one for you. Fully man and fully God. We actually have an explanation for that. We do. He's God in his nature. So that's the physical embodiment of right and just. Yet also has the free will of man, meaning he's right and just in his nature, God in his nature, but has the ability to act apart from his nature because of his human flesh that he carried with him while on earth. So what's cool is Philippians 2, 6 through 8, famous verses. Yeah. Talking about Jesus, who existing in the form of God counted not the being on an equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient even unto death, yea, the death of the cross. These verses really give us more of an idea of this fully man and fully God thing. So another way to say this, a way I like to summarize these verses from Philippians is Jesus was the only human to ever live who actually could have done everything, all of his words, all of his behaviors. He could have done in a right and just fashion in his own strength. Mm. Yet he gave up his will to the father. And only did what the father taught him. So that's how he was fully man and fully God. He did and was the great example of to us of what it looks like to empty ourselves, right? Yes. Let's get out of God's way by grace and let him work through us. The result being right and just behavior. Jesus did the same thing, even though he could have just been God in his own strength but he still took direction from the father, which really just gives us less of an excuse to do things in our own strength. Right. (laughs) Jesus didn't even, and he could have nice. So he's the awesome savior, right? He provided the way to salvation with his death, burial and resurrection. We also saw in the Kings and the wise men episode from season one, Jesus is going to rule in eternity, not God. The father Hebrews one, eight says, but unto the son, he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is in the scepter of that kingdom. So, okay, here Jesus has clearly a lot of roles. We could have covered him earlier in our seasons, earlier in this podcast. We definitely talked about him, but never never a uh, complete episode dedicated to him. Right. Yeah. 
So the reason why we're talking about him now, a complete episode, is we're yeah. going to, instead of talking about every role he had, we're going to cover his role to the church. Remember, nice. that's the theme that we've discovered as season four is the church. We're going to cover his role to the church and what the main big picture, what the main benefit is that he brings specifically to the church on a day-to-day basis. Excellent. So how have people been hurt by this topic in the church? How have been people been hurt by Jesus? No way. <laughs> no way. How have people been hurt by this topic in the church? That's a very different question, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the conflict is two-sided. Usually it comes down to this. There's either the people in the church that believe Jesus just came purely to light up the world, to bring judgment against the religious leaders, to convict of, to convict us of our sin. Or Jesus is our buddy. Like the thing of him, buddy Christ. Thumbs he up. just wants us to be happy in one step. Hmm. Now, neither of these explain the benefit that he brings to the church on a day-to-day basis. So what do you mean by, if, if you can, what do you mean by happy in one step? Do you have like an example of, of how Jesus or how these people say that Jesus is trying to make them happy in one step? Yeah. Well, it would be like, I'm sad. I want to be happy in one step. Why not go and maybe drink some alcohol or Mm. why not go and grab something that's really yum. Go get a pint of ice cream. These one step just to get these pleasure chemicals. That's what we mean there. That's this really more of a human thought process type strategy for happiness. It's this one step. We call it a to B. Jesus does want us to be happy, but there's a right way. Hmm. There's a right manner in which we receive that happiness. And it's never according to a human plan. Nice. Again, Jesus himself didn't even live, even though he was a human, he operated in grace all the time. His happiness would have came from the right way by emptying himself and letting the word and the will of the father to come through him. When we do this one-step happiness plans, it's not the word and will of God through us. It's our own plan. Mm. It's our own quick fix. Let's put a Band-Aid on it. Where, going back to my example, if I'm sad, the right thing to do would take a step backwards. Why am I sad? Nice. And to actually get down to the cause of it. Versus just do something that'll make you happy. You're sad. Do something, do something that'll make, that'll make you, make you happy. Yeah. Very cool. Well, that would be Buddy Christ. Buddy Christ is the... Just do whatever makes you feel good. Whatever makes you feel good, man. Thumbs up. Okay, so this issue, when this impacts the church, like with all of these topics, it there there forms two sides, a strict side and the loose side. Right. Can you help us understand how the strict side responds to this topic? Yes. The strict side tries to take everything Jesus said while he was on earth. And turn it into a list of behaviors that you have to do. We're back to our list, right? Yeah. A list that everybody, you know, it denies uniqueness. It's just a bunch of effects. Legalism. Yeah. 
So as a leader, this would look like me making sure you all appear a certain way. You all have to look like Christ. Appearance, it's an appearance. My job is to make you all do this. Everybody come to church, wear, wear certain clothes, ties, certain amount of money. You all do the same thing. Mm. As a Christian, what this would look like as just maybe not even a leader, but as just as a, an everyday Christian, it's my, it would be this idea of, well, it's my job to do these behaviors really in an effort to make sure I feel like I'm doing enough to really feel settled about even being a Christian. You know, including it's my job to tell everyone that Jesus died for their sins, to ask as many people as I can, have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? You know, this basically, and those are really just examples of things I've experienced in my life where it's like, well, this is what every Christian has to do this. You should be witnessing the specific way to every person you meet. And if not, you must not care about the loss going to hell. Mm. So I have to witness to everybody in order to feel like I'm doing enough. Mm. That would be an example of that. But the strict side is really taking what Jesus said, turn it into a list of behaviors you have to do. Nice. So I literally go two by two. Yeah. To knock on doors and literally do that process. That's what ensures that I'm being like Jesus. Right. And I don't carry a purse because he said to not carry purses. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) You just bring one coat with you. Yep. Exactly. Okay. That makes sense. So how do the people on the strict side support this perspective with the Bible? Well, you can take any story with Jesus in it and focus on what he says or what he did. Like what I just did right there. Yeah. You did a great example. Here's another example. Jesus washed the disciples feet. So now as a leader, I'm going to wash your feet. Literally. Literally. No, I've actually, I actually, my mom experienced this at a church she used to go to. And I'm not even saying this is wrong, but she went to this church. She actually had a really great experience. It was on some holiday, Easter, Christmas, and the pastors of this church literally washed the feet of the people in church. Hmm. She had a really great, great experience, which is awesome. So I'm not, again, I'm not saying it's wrong. What if, if I say what they're doing is wrong, it's no different than what I think these people on the strict side are doing wrong. Oh, nice. I focus just on the what, but my point is this, if, the best way that I know how to live like Jesus is to just focus on what he did and what he said at the expense of the how and why I'm missing the point. And the point of Jesus, Jesus's example of washing his disciples feet isn't so we all wash the people who are following us as feet. There's a principle, a doctrine underlying there. It's really, it's about, it's about leadership. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, what, this strict side they they tend not to recognize or understand what the benefit of jesus is for us today even in the 21st century Hmm. so i have to take the things he did two thousand years ago and literally do them the same way now because i don't know how to translate it to our day and age today got it and unfortunately if i do that then I'm taking these things Jesus did and said, 
turning them into works that I have to do. And the implication is I earn my salvation. Mm. And the implication of that is I ought to get the credit for my salvation. Hmm. So the, the implications and consequences of all this is really, really, it's tragic, but it's just simply, so the, the strict side biblical support, it's basically just watch out for people who only teach what without explaining the how and why. Nice. How would you handle an interaction with someone who held this perspective? It just what we do a lot here, you you probably, if you're a, a regular listener, you hear you and me often are just saying, ask the definition of the word we're talking about. So you could ask, Love in this it. case, it's like, well, what did Jesus mean behind the words he said? Okay. Instead of focus on what, what did he mean? What are the definitions of those terms? Yeah, he washed his disciples' feet to show he's a leader, to show that leaders are meant to serve. So I'd love to ask you, how do you uniquely serve others? Ah. Or is the only way you serve by washing people's feet? Nice. Now, here's the kicker that's really going to get to the heart of this episode. What benefit is Jesus bringing to the church today and tomorrow and the next day? Because I ought to be able to look at the words and the stories from millennia ago and apply them to my life and to others' lives today and tomorrow and the next day. Well, now we're talking about how to have the the word of God become powerful in our lives. Right, right. Interesting. I want to summarize the strict perspective. So where we're at is, is... The strict side, they don't have an answer for how Jesus is benefiting the church day to day. Right. So they have these stories that have happened about what Jesus did, and they're trying to take that list and literally apply what he's doing. Right. So they see Jesus as a benefit we get to keep if we do works in our own strength. Oh, so it, yeah, that's great. So it's a, if we do these works, then we get the benefit of Jesus again. So it's making these works, the cause. So that's how we keep of Jesus, right? That, so yeah. that's how we keep him. Yeah. And we keep, we keep him in our lives and influence. It's like, we're afraid that we're going to lose Jesus in our lives. If we stop doing the uh, list of benefits, there you go. That's the only way we can rationalize the day to day benefit we get by doing these works that he did 2000 years ago. That's a great summary. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Cool. Well, with that said, let's take a call from our buddy, Pastor Richard Tater. All right. Go ahead, Pastor Dick. You are on the line. Hello, Pastor Jonathan, Pastor Joel. This is Pastor Richard Tater calling from McMillan, Alabama. How y'all doing? Uh, I don't know if it's the topics that you are covering are my interactions with Dickie, but uh, I have felt like a rookie pastor ever since season four began. Really? Well, this is a topic you requested, Pastor. What is the benefit Jesus is providing day to day to the church? Well, uh, yeah, I, I, well, Dickie asked me a question that was similar to that, and I told him Jesus is our example for how to run the church. Jesus is the CEO. 
In the same way Jesus is in charge of the church, every pastor ought to be in charge of their own church. But your first episode of season four showed me eh, I'm wrong. Pastor Tater, our, our first episode was church versus business. Uh, I don't want you to feel bad. So many pastors think that Jesus was the example of hiring and training, firing, advertising, marketing, and building a business. That's why we are doing these podcasts. So Pastor Tater, it's not your fault. But I have been a pastor for... It's not your fault. But, but I've taught others for... Listen to me. It's not your fault. But Dickie... No, 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 no. It's not your fault, Richard. But... It's not your fault. I know. I know. Pastor Tater, God is not resenting or judging you because of what you've done. He cares about how you respond to what you did. And you are an example to all of us of how we ought to live day to day, being humble and taking direction from the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Pastor Jonathan. Well... I think I've taken enough of y'all's time. This was my favorite podcast to hate. God bless you both. Thank you, Pastor Tater, for the call. Oh, wow. Pastor Joel, talking to Pastor Tater just really gives me hope. It does. It gives me hope that it's possible for pastors to remain sensitive to God's spirit even when they've been running their, quote, businesses for decades. Yeah, agreed. And now I can see why pastors have felt so right about running their church like a business. Pastor Tater brings this revelation once again, right? Yeah. They think Jesus led the church like a boss. They're right. Jesus is leading the church. However, we will see it is not like a boss. Um, my hope is that more and more people will act like Pastor Tater and that we can have many more conversations like this, Pastor Joel, right. in the future. I agree. Yeah. Yep. Does bring us hope. Yeah, absolutely. So what is the other side of the argument? We covered the strict side. Now let's talk about all the way on the other side to the loose perspective. That Jesus is buddy Christ. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a movie that I nabbed that line from it's dogma. Mm -hmm. And, and the, their depiction of Christ was this, you know, the white Anglo-Saxon <laughs> big smile on his face with the thumbs up representing jesus and everything he is and really it's his job to help you feel good hmm. and you know that movie they're really and in, in part reagan on christianity due to all the seeming contradictions and it really is this really it's pitting this idea of how can this be true with 
like this can't be this can't be true they're like the god and and the son of god can't just be this god is love nature mm. without introducing all these contradictions of why does bad things happen then but really this loose perspective if you've never seen that movie it's really just this idea of buddy christ is a is a guy who's never going to cause you any pain how have people been hurt by that perspective well people one they miss out on the benefit of christ and a benefit of the church through this perspective of jesus and really we're able to rationalize our behaviors if we believe Jesus wouldn't do anything to cause us pain, we could actually attribute Jesus's correction from the enemy. Ooh, <laughs> right. Oh, that's brutal. This reminds me of a sermon recently that our friend, pastor Jake Gibson preached. Holler at you, pastor Jake. Yeah. Another PJ. You guys all know him if you've watched our interviews before. He's one of the awesome pastors who interviewed us in his Just Hang. Just Hang! Yeah, Yeah. I love it. But he he preached that truth makes me feel tweaky. And it's a really simple yet profound statement. And the point I like to add on to it that he taught me is even to Christians. That's good. Right. So, yeah, we know truth feels tweaky to people who aren't Christians, but it still does to us. Thank you for that. Yes. Thank and you. Huge. Like all of a sudden I'm a Christian. So now truth is just always going to feel great to me. Like, no, because I'm still a man walking around with the flesh and truth is always contrary to my flesh. The spirit and the flesh are contrary to one another And the spirit is the spirit of truth. And if I attribute anything that feels different or uncomfortable or tweaky to wrong and bad, I'm missing out on the benefit that Jesus is trying to bring us. Oh, yeah. Amazing. So how would you handle an interaction with someone who held this loose perspective? Well, if it was someone that I actually had some time with and could could explain a few things or share share a few things, I would start here. Matthew 10, 34 through 39. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. We love quoting verses 38 and 39, right? He who does not take (laughs) his cross, follow after me. He who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. We love those, but the love it. it, he brings division, family, family. Are you kidding me? What? There's also Hebrews 12 verses six and seven Proverbs three, two, three, 12 are verses that show God correcting his children as 
a characteristic of him being a good father to them. And also, I mean, here's one, Isaiah 53.10. It pleased God to bruise Jesus. Ooh, that's pain. So I would I would just ask, can you explain these verses to me? If you think Jesus is buddy Christ and would never cause pain and would only want you to feel good all the time, can you explain these verses to me? Now, chances are I'm not going to have the time I just had with you to be able to do this with a person. And that's fine. Because I could also simply just ask this. Are you saying Jesus wouldn't confront you in your wrong behaviors? Ooh, there it is. Okay. Or then here's the question that flips it onto the other person. Wait, mm. are you a buddy to everyone else? Nice. So you don't ever cause pain, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited for the, the uh, Music of Life Church podcast to uh dive into this topic a little bit more that was nice. that, this is exciting when you see this going on in the church pastor joel the topic of jesus the loose side the strict side their response to it what are your thoughts i tend to see three categories per usual we talk about these three categories every episode there's the group of people that i feel sorry for again not looking down at these people and who they are just recognizing they're in a spot that i would rather not them be in because I know what it's like to be in that spot and it is not good. Mm. And these are people who miss the main benefit Jesus brings because they're so focused on avoiding tension that they do attribute anything as uncomfortable or tweaky to bad and wrong. Mm -hmm. And I honestly wonder if these people even know Jesus is their savior. The second group of people is the people I understand why they do and say the things they're doing and saying. And oftentimes these are the people who have left the church due to some damage they've experienced there. And in particular with this episode, it would be people leaving the church due to the contradictory explanations of their savior. So these people know Jesus saved them. They know he is meant to be the ultimate man and that he was God in the flesh. Yet all the teachings tend to make him less than this by seeing him as a boss. And ultimately, making their pastor the CEO of their church. Hmm. Then there's the group of people that I'm impressed with. These are people who know Jesus came to pave the way for people to fellowship with the father. These people I'm impressed with evangelize Jesus correctly. And these people have embraced the benefit Jesus gave to humanity by growing their fellowship with their church family and with their father in heaven on a day to day basis. Amazing. What is the ultimate answer? It's time. Pastor Joel. The people were impressed with kind of showed my hand here. This is the (laughs) ultimate answer is Jesus's greatest desire is to connect you to the father on a day to day basis. Nice which ultimately results in our sanctification, right? Which is what we've learned in season three is the benefit of being a Christian comes in our sanctification. All of the good, good stuff. Salvation is great in that it prevents us from being eternally damned, but that's the sanctification. That's all the plus 
benefit, you know, the, the greater than zero stuff that we experience the out of the, the out of the whole stuff, right? Yeah. The the life we get to live. Yeah. The joy, the love, the peace, the, the benefits. Yeah. And that brings it up. So the measure of me being connected to the father on a day to day basis would be growing in my maturity and in my joy. Nice. So this is the big picture benefit that Jesus brings to humanity and to the church is connecting you to the father. He is the way to the father in your salvation. He's the way, the truth, and the life, right? We know that. No one comes to the father, but by Jesus. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is the way to the father, but it's not only in salvation. He continues to be the way to the father as you walk with him daily in sanctification. And he will be your way to the father for eternity as the groom to the church. And we know the church is the bride of Christ. Nice. So that's this part, this, he's the way to the father. No one comes to the father, but by him that I think we miss out on. I think a lot of times we rec- we, we believe that means he's paves the way for us to get saved, but that's not, that's just the start. He's always trying to connect us to the father. In more ways, in more areas, like, okay, got it. In our fellowship with him, right? Which would cover sharing everything we have doing our with with God the Father. Nice. Now let's look at this bride of Christ thing a little bit more, and we'll get another insight into the benefit Jesus brought to the church. He is, his greatest desire, his one thing is to connect you to the Father. Nice. Of all the things Jesus does, that's the thing he cares about the most. But Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, we'll see a little bit more insight into how much he cares about that. Nice. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, let us also, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who, that's talking about Jesus there, right? For the joy that was set before him, again, Jesus, endured the cross, despising shame, and hath sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So the joy that was set before him is what caused him to endure the cross. What is the joy that was set before him? The bride. And this required faith by Jesus. I like to say Hebrews chapter 11 is the faith hall of fame, right? Hebrews chapter 12. I mean, that when this was book was originally written Hebrews, it wasn't broken up into chapters and verses. I'm of the belief that Jesus is actually the Jesus in chapter 12 verses one and two is the final example of faith that the author of Hebrews wrote about. Mm -hmm. And this is an example of faith, just like all the other people in hebrews chapter 11 in the faith hall of fame jesus is the ultimate person and this did require faith because the bride this wedding supper of the lamb has yet to happen and his belief in this benefit that he would experience is what caused him to endure the and to endure the cross this belief in this benefit that he would experience in the future 
caused Jer- caused Jesus to step into dying, being buried, and ultimately rising again for our benefit. Mm. Wow. Now, that was the first benefit Jesus provided to the church to connect them with the Father, the death, burial, and resurrection, right? Jesus' desire is to connect people to the Father at a continually greater level, to your point. Ultimately, fellowship. And he's trying to do it every day. So Jesus does relate to the church on a day-to-day basis, and he does it as a husband ought to relate to his wife, helping her grow in sanctification. This means a pastor ought to lead the church as a husband would lead his wife. This means that the manner in which pastors are leading their churches is showing their doctrinal understanding of marriage, whether they realize it or not. Oh, dang. We see a CEO of a business or a boss leader of a church. And you may have some insight into what that person's marriage is like if, he, <laughs> if he's married. Nice. But connecting individuals to the father is the big picture benefit Jesus brings. This is Jesus's one thing that he does above all else. Nice. You could trace everything he's ever done goes back to that. Nice. That's cool. The next episode, we will get into the small picture benefits that Jesus brings to the the church on a daily basis in order to accomplish his one thing. Thank you, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.